Hey there, let's face it. Today's internet world is so saturated and everyone is fighting for their number one spot to be visible. It is no longer about running ads and having thousands of people on your email list. It is about building relationships and networking with others to grow your business and become visible. Hi, my name is Candice. I'm a podcast launch strategist and I help service-based business owners develop and deliver their message to the world by using platforms like podcasting and bringing valuable content to those who need to hear what they have to say. Welcome to the Hello C.S. Dorsey podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Hello C.S. Dorsey podcast. I have Sam on the show today. Hi, Sam. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. So tell everyone who you are and what you do. Uh, Yeah, so I'm Sam Wilson. I'm based in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Let's see who I am. I got a great wife. Been married for 12 years. uh, Three uh, adorable foster kids that uh, keep us very, very busy. Too busy, in fact. Uh, but so, what do I do? I normally get up at about four thirty in the morning with a four-year-old that won't sleep. That's that's the start to most days. But uh, outside of that, yeah, I run a I run an investment company. We buy commercial real estate assets, uh, anything that produces an income. So if it is um, everything from RV parks to multifamily properties, uh, gosh, what else do we own? Have, have we owned parking lots, boat and RV storage? If it is a commercial asset and it throws off revenue, I go out and find investors and find the deals and put the two together, and we all hopefully make money along the way. Oh, that sounds awesome. Okay, so as a side note, have you ever thought about having your own TV show? Because, I mean, definitely, it can definitely be on, like, HGTV or the Discovery Channel, something, TLC, travel. <laughs> no, ma'am, I have not. It, it sounds interesting, but that's uh, I'm an introvert, a uh, complete introvert, so that sounds terrible. I mean, just getting on podcasts uh, alone is, is, is work for me, so this is... Uh, this is about as far as it's ever going to get. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you know, might be up there. It's something to think about. Definitely something to think about. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about how your money can be turned into investments that can work hard for you. Can you talk a little bit more about that or talk on that subject for me? I mean, that's the name of the game. That's that's all we do, really. And that's that's where passive investors come to us, which is what is termed, you want to say we find investors you are a passive investor in the sense that we, I mean, I never thought, I guess when I first got into real estate, I was doing all single family uh, properties. And I was kind of embarrassed when I started out that I didn't have all the money I needed to go out and do all the deals I wanted to do. I, I mean, this is just my ignorance, right? I was like, ah, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I just don't have enough money to buy all the deals I want to do. I've got plenty of bandwidth, but I just don't have enough capital. You know, it took me a couple of years to catch on to the fact that this is how larger deals are put together. It is you go out and you raise money from investors. They provide the capital. You, of course, provide the industry experience and take the deal down. The investor gets the bulk of actually the profits in the deal. So it's not uncommon for us to see a 65-35 or a 70-30 split where, let's say, for every $7 that come or every $10 that come in the door, the investor that brought the capital may get seven of those in, in, of the profit because they provided all the risk capital you know, up for us to be able to get into these deals. So that's kind of the way that those that, that all these deals are structured is that it is very heavily investor 
favored. So yeah, when you put your money in a deal, it's the best place in the world. I'm, I'm a passive investor in a lot of other commercial real estate deals around the country. I tell you, I love, I love mailbox money day. We call it mailbox money day. It doesn't actually come in the mail anymore. It's now an ACH in your account once a month, but still it's a great thing to sign on your account and be like, Oh, Hey, there's, there's 900 more bucks than I had in there yesterday. Cool. Thank you. Like that's fun. Like that's a good time. Uh, and so that's one of the things that a lot of people come to us for because they want exposure to commercial real estate. They want to be in, a, in an asset that is non-correlated or not directly correlated to the stock market. They want something that's a little bit alternative and that will continue to produce an income for them for many years. And so they'll put their investment in and you know that money works hard for them while they sleep and they collect collect a check along the way. And it's, it's a, a win-win for both of us. That's really good. So what if one wants to start something like that? What will be the first step that they you would advise them to start off? You know, if it's in commercial real estate in particular, that's probably the only thing I could talk to. Um, or I guess it really could be in any business. One, you just you have to understand the business. I mean, for me, this took a lot of, you know, years of study and learning and investing. Actually, I started investing passively before I ever became an active, uh, we call an active investor. So I'm the guy, I call, they call me the active investor because I'm the one finding the deals and then bringing those deals to uh, to potential investors. So, you know, if you want to become an active, is that your question? If you want to become an active investor? Yes. Okay. Uh, I told you I hadn't, hadn't had enough, uh, enough tea today. I don't think. Um, so on the active investor side, I mean, is to go out and learn from those who are already in the business or do like I did, you know, become a passive investor first. If you have, if you have, uh, and it doesn't take a ton of capital, it takes, it takes some, but get in and see how the deals are structured. See what people are investing in. Start reading all the documents. I mean, this is a language and a this is a niche industry all in itself. I mean, you wouldn't think. I mean, commercial real estate's you know it's, it's a very large part of the uh, American economy, but it is still niche. Once you start to get into it from the investment side of things, it's like, ooh, man, do I want to you know do I want to join a REIT? Do I want to you know invest in some random online platform that you know invest in real estate? Do I want to go directly to a sponsor like Sam and just give him money directly or who do I, I mean, there's just a lot to learn. So the way I would start uh, to be an active investor would be to become a limited, what they call a limited partner or a, uh, or their passive investor first. And then you get a real good sense of, and you get to talk to dozens of sponsors that way. You get a real good sense of what's going on in the market. You start learning about ge geographic, uh, you know, opportunities. You start learning about asset class opportunities. It's like, gosh, do I want to invest in RV parks or mobile home parks or shopping centers or, you know, retail centers? Do I want to invest in uh, an industrial warehousing? I mean, you name it, it's out there to invest in. And it just takes, it takes some time, I guess, initially probably to figure that out. That's good advice. Thank you so much for putting it out there. Because, you know, you hear that all the time and, you know, there's so much stuff going on on the internet and they make it seem like it's just like a, like you, you in it and then you have your next da -da -da this time and the next da -da -da and like 30 days. Da -da -da. But I really like that you actually say, you know, it takes time. So that um, put things into perspective. For sure. Yes. And that's it. I mean, even somebody asked me a question the other day. Now, mind you, I run a daily real estate podcast daily. So I run 365 episodes a year. I, I have tens of millions of dollars in commercial real estate holdings. And an investor asked me a question. He's like, hey, what's this? I had no idea what the term meant. I was like, what, 
wait a, wait a minute. Like, what do you mean, what's this? And so it took us about eight minutes, nine minutes for him going back and forth and describing it to me. And I'm like, gosh, I feel like I got a pretty good handle on this at this point. And I'm thoroughly confused. There is so much to know and so many terms and little things. And his was just a terminology difference. I mean, he was completely correct. His term was perfectly on point. But I just, I'd like, I just, I had no, I had no comprehension of what in the world he was talking about. So I think that's the same thing. I can't imagine coming in, you know, just green out of the gate. It'd be like, whoa, it's like drinking from a fire hose, which it is. Right. So yeah, it takes, it takes time, uh, but it's not insurmountable. And the, in the, the rewards are generally worth the effort it takes to get in and learn about that. The only thing I'd say is just, you know, take it slow. That's uh, don't fools rush in. So yeah, take it real slow and get and get a lot of education. That's good advice. Thank you so much. So let's talk about the inspiration behind you starting your business. What was that like for you? I grew up really poor, and uh, one of the things that we grew up with was that you, you learn. You just learn when you're poor. We were one of those no handout families, and so you learn to hustle and grind. And with that, I think there's always that inherent just like. <laughs> Hey, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I will find a way to land on my feet and provide for my family. And so I would, I, I joke, and I owned a, so, so I guess, and we also, I grew up, you know, my parents were not college educated, just hardworking, you know, blue collar American family, uh, which that's the blessing I had was that I had two stable parents at home that loved us. I have five siblings, so it's a huge family. So now we're broke, but there was a bunch of us. God bless my parents. Uh, but that said, you know, we had a, we had a, we had a work ethic. Uh, and so with that, just you, you learn to be very opportunistic. I would say that when you when you grow up and you're like, hey, you know, we got to find a way to make a dollar. I was I was hustling candy to my second grade kids. I'd I'd, I'd buy the I'd, I'd save my quarters. And my brother would buy the the uh, what were those things called? Uh, remember those? They, they were uh, Jolly Ranchers, but they sold them in Jolly Rancher sticks in the 80s. I mean, I'm sure every dentist in the country loved loved Jolly Rancher for that because they pulled out more fillings. You could stick get the whole stick stuck in your teeth. But I'd save my quarters, and I'd, I'd front the money to my older brother, who was terrible with money at the time, and he'd go buy the, the, the sticks, and he'd go and sell them to all his classmates. It was, it was a great little hustle until we got shut down by the school. But, um, you know, you learn to be opportunistic, and so this is the same story. I mean, it's a long way for me to answer your question. But, you know, this business came to me. I say it was a good Lord having mercy on an idiot. I sold a company in 2012. Uh, I was in the trades at that time, sold that uh, trades-related business. My wife and I headed south. I'm in my mid-30s. I have no college education. I don't know what to do next in life. And what, I had time and money on my hands, a little bit of money, not a lot, and uh, ended up buying a house in the um, at the foreclosure auctions. And then I just figured out real quick, I'm like, oh, well, if I can do this once and make money, I'll just keep doing it. So here we are nine years later, and it's many iterations later, no longer in single family, clearly in commercial real estate. But that's a 10-minute question to your one-minute answer. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why am I doing what I'm doing now? Because it's, it's oppor you know, opportunity presented itself. And as an entrepreneur, you see a need and you fill it. And that's, uh, that's just, that's just the way it is. That's the whole point of being an entrepreneur. Yep. Yes. I love it. So can you remember a time in your business or when you first started where you had like a hello moment? So a hello moment is my light bulb moment that I ask all entrepreneurs. It's that moment where you're like, oh yeah, this this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It just like click all of a sudden. So have you had that moment? <laughs> uh, you know, I've not. Again, I'm opportunistic. And so it's like, I, I feel like you. I got a, a very much older and much wiser uh, mentor of mine who calls me a horse trader. 
And he's like, you're a horse trader, Wilson. I'm like, thanks, I think. I'm not sure what to mean, what that means. But uh, yeah, there's not been a hello moment. I guess in all of my ventures, though, there has one thing has become, you know, I guess my investment thesis has changed over the years. And one of those is that we're always looking for assets as it pertains to money. We're always looking for assets that are inflation resistant, especially right now. If anybody's paying attention to inflation, I want an asset I can reprice in a hurry, right? Like I don't, I don't want to own something that takes a decade to reprice it because I've got to be able to keep up with the times. Uh, so I want something that's inflation resistant. I want hard assets. That's the other thing is I want to own a physical piece of something. I don't want a digital stock certificate. Sorry. I know there's a lot of people out there that love the stock market. I am not one of them. And you're going to get lots of opinion on that. So you can send the hate mail later. Um, you know, I don't love the stock market. I love physical assets. It needs to be repriced in a hurry. And it needs to be recession resistant in that it fills a basic human need and or want. And so, um, what do they call that? Uh, the elasticity of demand? I think that's the right word for it. I don't know. It's a five dollar expression. I don't know what it means probably. But it, it needs to it needs to it needs to to, to be able to uh, people want it no matter where the economic cycle is. And so we're both investing in that on the real estate side of things in something that's like, okay, when things get worse, which we're buying R V parks and R V resorts and places like that, like when people run out of money, they're gonna start going to places that are less that cost them less money to vacation as a family. Okay, well, this typically fits that bill. Uh, and then I own another business right now that's in the laundry business, which is a local neighborhood laundromat. I own one of them, and I want about 10 more. They're amazing. I can change the prices from it right here on my computer. Uh, people always want clean clothes. Like It's one of the last things people give up behind, say, cigarettes and alcohol. Sorry, I know, I know you're a faith-based show, but this is just talking straight. People still want clean clothes. Uh, and, and, and furthermore, so, so you got, you, you have the demand issue. It's a hard asset and it's inflation resistant. Like, oh gosh, okay. I want more of those. So again, I know I've w- w- wandered here on the, the question, but that's kind of some of the things I've been thinking about. No, I think, uh, I think the laundromat was your hello moment. <laughs> that, that oh, one yeah. is a great one. That's a, that's a great one. I mean, it's a fragmented industry. It's largely overlooked. Uh, you know, they're capital intensive. They, they cost a lot of money to get up and run and, and build your client base and some time to get them going. But once you get them up and running, they're, they're largely um, very income producing assets without a lot of overhead and labor. So something else to think about. That's definitely interesting and really something to think about. Hmm. It's like the thing that you kind of like overlook. Or, you know, you just drive by, you're like, oh, or you remember you had to go there when the washing machine was broke. You don't think about that. You don't think about, you know, I never thought about the laundry bag. So you, I'm thinking, hmm, no one can see me, but I'm rubbing my hands together. <laughs> well, you know, you, 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 you think about those and then, and then I'll tell you about the homeless people you're kicking out at 4 a.m. So oh, you, yeah. Yeah. You, it cuts both ways. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll tell you what's later on the story about the laundromat in Berkeley, California that we had, that we used to go to almost every week. Oh man. Yeah. Yep. But at least they have free drying. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. So any last minute advice you have for our listeners out there? No, I mean, I think we've talked about, you know, about a lot of things. And again, I go back to the idea that, um, anybody can do it. You know, I think, I think if you, where there's that, that, that expression where there's a will, there's a way you're like, yeah, thanks. That doesn't mean anything to me. No, but seriously, if you, if you want to do it, you'll figure out a way to do it. I got, I have a six-year-old son that he loves to tell me I can't. 
And I'm like, well, if you say you can't, you're right. You're never gonna, because you just said it. I can't. Okay, well, now you quit. And, and, and I think it was Robert Kiyosaki who said something. It's, it's not to say I can't. It says, I, I, I have not yet figured out how. Or I am figuring out how. Like reframe, reframe if you're a, an aspiring entrepreneur or you've always longed to be one or you are one and you have an insurmountable problem. It's like, I have not yet figured this out, which that puts your brain into thinking mode. Like, man, okay, I can... I will figure this out. Yeah. I mean, if you'd asked me six years ago, Sam, will you be part of a group that is, you know, that, that's going to own $50 million in commercial real estate? I'd have laughed at you. I'd have been like, no, like, God, I'm not do that. That's, that's way over my pay rate. I've, you know, I, but that's not true. It's not true. So anyway, if you, if you say you can't, you're right. And just try to rephrase that. I think that would be probably the, 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 the lasting advice most people need to hear, especially if they're aspiring and starting out. I love it. I'm pretty sure my audience is going to love it as well. So where can everyone find you? Yeah, go to brickandinvestmentgroup.com. That's B-R-I-C-K-E-N, investmentgroup.com. You know, if you are interested in figuring out, you know, what this crazy world of commercial real estate's like or what it's like to be a passive investor in it, I've got a free download for you there. So brickandinvestmentgroup.com forward slash checklist. It's a 10-minute checklist. It'll kind of help you refine your criteria and help you define what it would look like if you ever wanted to invest in commercial real estate. It's not inclusive to anything that I do necessarily. You can use it across any deal you're looking at, but that's a great place to uh, just kind of start, uh, you know, reviewing uh, what it is that, you know, your criteria may be. So hopefully that will be of some help for you there as well. You can also join our Brick and Investor Club where you get to hear about all the real estate opportunities that we have and are currently investing in. Awesome. Sounds great. And we'll definitely link those up in the show notes. Um, also the uh, checklist and we're going to uh, link your podcast as well in the show notes. Wonderful. Yeah. I forgot to plug that entirely. It's called the How to Scale Commercial Real Estate Podcast. It is a daily show, 365 new episodes a year. So look for that one as well. Awesome. Thank you, Sam, so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Candace. Appreciate it. Did you like today's episode? I hope you did. Join me next week for more valuable bombs, tips, and tricks on how to grow your business by taking action. If you like this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review or take a snapshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram at csdorsey underscore hello. We would love to hear from you.